Amnesty's Secret Santa Comedy Podcast with Richard Malvin. Well, hello and welcome to Amnesty's Secret Santa Comedy Podcast, live from Shoreditch in London. I'm your host, Richard Melvin. Thanks everyone for coming. It's great that there's so many of you here today. Really appreciate it coming down to help out for Amnesty International and showing your support for Amnesty because these are the secret Santa comedy podcasts. I think very much at this time of year, particularly around Christmas and New Year, we do all take our freedom for granted. And so it's nice that you're here and sitting here watching some free comedy and in some way easing your own consciences. So uh, well done. Uh, it's a win-win situation. Now we've got an absolutely amazing show today. Are you up for a bit of stand-up comedy? Yeah. All right, excellent. Well, Please welcome to the stage the very funny Chris McCausland. Good evening. Hello. Hello. Uh, my name's Chris. Um, I'm, I'm blind, which is worth mentioning at the start, I suppose. Um, although the people at home won't be aware of the slickness of my showbiz entrance. <laughs> it's, uh, I haven't always been blind. I did used to be able... To see, I used to be a website developer, but my eyesight got worse and worse and worse, and the websites just got fucking uglier and uglier and uglier. <laughs> Nobody wants an ugly website. It's not, it's not completely black, you know, it's just nothing of any use, it's blurry, nothing really, just... Best way I can think of describing it, it's like looking through a bathroom window in the rain. <laughs> From the inside, obviously. <laughs> not a pervert. <laughs> anymore. But we live in a little place called Serpent, you know, it's on the Thames, it's in Surrey. It's got proper local pub. That's the main thing when you move somewhere, isn't it? Proper local pub. Kind of pub where no one has a surname. <laughs> Everyone just has an adjective or a noun before their first name. Oh, we call him Spoon Dave because he wants a pot noodle with a spoon. <laughs> We've got five pizza drinking our local pub. We've got Pikey Pete. He's a little bit pikey. We've got Gay Pete, he's also a little bit pikey. <laughs> but luckily enough, he's also gay, which is helped out name-wise, no end. <laughs> We've got Fat Pete. Fat Pete's not actually the fattest Pete, that's Gay Pete, but Fat Pete was Fat Pete before Gay Pete was on the scene. <laughs> we didn't know Gay Pete was coming. <laughs> We've got Pete, Pete. He's a gardener. Might as well laugh at that, that's as funny as it gets with the Pete's. <laughs> and we've got Motorbike Pete, who doesn't actually ride the motorbike anymore, but you know, the name has stuck, mainly to lack of alternatives. And... You see, Motorbike Pete's also gay, but you can't go around having two gay Pete's, can you? <laughs> we could just update the whole thing, I suppose, and make Motorbike Pete gay Pete, and then gay Pete fat Pete, but I'd just leave the current fat Pete as just Pete, and you can't just say Pete, can you? <laughs> Everyone would be like, well, which Pete? You'd have to go, you know, Pete, Pete, and we've already got one of them. <laughs> but I've been with my wife for seven years in, in total, you know, it's had its ups, it's had its downs. She's a psychologist, that's a problem. <laughs> Means lots of her friends are also psychologists. Means they're all a little bit kind of, how does it make you feel? Bored. <laughs> Bored and hungry. One of her friends invited us to a fancy dress party where you had to go dressed as a particular state of mind. How the fuck? <laughs> she got dressed as a particular state of mind. I don't like pretentious things at the best of times, but when we start getting invited to pretentious fancy dress parties, 
And they're all like, oh no, it'd be amazing. I'll go as envy, you can go as jealousy, the subtle differences, it'd be brilliant. <laughs> I went dressed as a pirate. Oh, she wasn't happy, she came bounding straight over. She said, no, 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 Chris. You've got this all wrong. I said, I know, I'm confused. <laughs> Thank you very much, kids. <laughs> How are you? Good, good. Excellent. Now, I read here that in these notes here, and I can't believe this, but it says here that you used to be a conquer salesman. Oh, Jesus Christ. I don't know who put this up. It pops up in Google whenever. Is it a, is it a cruel Wikipedia hoax? No. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, I used to know some blind people. And I haven't always been blind. That's not a lie. I haven't. And I, I used to sell them conkers because they couldn't get them for themselves. And now look at me. <laughs> <laughs> Some sort of conker karma. There, there is, yeah, it is conker karma. So just be nice to people. And um, yeah, no, that, that was what it was. Well, you know, you've got to find your market and exploit it, haven't you? Especially in this economic crisis. I might go back to it. <laughs> now, this is the secret comedy podcast, okay? And we've been asking all our guests who've been on the show to share with us a little secret. Now, no pressure here, but we did get a secret from Claire Sweeney where she told us about how Bill Clinton once made a pass at her. I don't think she's unique in that. <laughs> I think it might have happened before, so... Oh, to be honest, that's ruined my secret. Has it? Uh, <laughs> well, you made a pass at Claire Sweeney. I, I've been racking my brains. I've got nothing remotely saucy at all um, to share. I've got quite a dull life. I'm a bit of a geek, really. But I, I think I've reached a stage in my life now where I can, I can come clean to the fact that I did cheat in my GCSE English Literature exam. <laughs> I'm 35 now, 19, 20 years have passed, so I, I did cheat, and I still failed. <laughs> <laughs> How did you cheat? Well, I, I was allowed to use a computer to write down the answers in, in the exam, because I, I, I haven't always been blind, but I, I've always had poor eyesight. It kind of deteriorated slowly, so I could see very well back then, but I was allowed to um, use a computer to rattle out my answers. So. I hadn't read the books that we were doing the exam on very well. And so I, what I did is I saved an electronic version of the book on the computer in a secret location. And then when the question would ask something like, what was the general mood in the room when Boo Radley entered for the first time? I would do control F, find Boo Radley. <laughs> Boo Radley entered the room, the mood was solemn. <laughs> That's a pretty good secret, though. Give him a round of applause for that. I can't, it's just <laughs> secret. Come on. Right, stick with us, Chris. We're going to get some more stand-up comedy now. Um, he's one of my absolute favourites, and we're delighted to have him. He won So You Think You're Funny and the BBC New Comedy Award back in 2005, and now he's one of the absolutely best headliners in the UK. Please welcome to the stage Tom Allen. Hi. Hi, everyone. Hi. Are you having a lovely time? Good, good. Are you having a nice uh, Christmas? Yeah. Who cares? Um, well, it is uh, great to be here in, um, you know, and I <laughs> want to tell you about how uh, I find the shops very stressful at this time of year. And I was in Marks and Spencer's recently because I have a fabulous life. <laughs> 
And I was in the queue to pay for the shit. Because you've got to pay for the motherfucking shit. And I was in the queue, and up ahead of me in the queue was a little boy and his little sister who was in a um, pushchair. Are, are they called pushchairs when they've got three wheels? Are they pushchairs? Are they still called pushchairs? Are they still called children? <laughs> and the little boy, right, this little boy had learned to play the game peekaboo with his little sister in the pushchair. And so you can imagine, everybody in the queue, in marks, they love this, they love this. They say, oh, this is wonderful, this is beautiful, this is what we came out of the house to see. <laughs> Something beautiful like this, not to buy this pair of elasticated waisted jeans. <laughs> because you've seen those people buying their elasticated waisted jeans, maybe in the Collezioni department, which is the top level in Marks and Spencers. And then underneath that is the autograph section for the V-necks. And then underneath that is, the, is Blue Harbor, Blue Harbor for the dads. I don't know how many people in Marks and Spencers were planning on going on a yachting holiday this summer. But those deck shoes, they could not keep them on the shelves. And anyway, the little boy is playing this game peekaboo with his little sister. Everybody thinks it's very adorable, particularly this time of year. It's very nice watching this game peekaboo. So imagine it, imagine the game peekaboo. Imagine it, imagine it, imagine it. Peekaboo, it's a wonderful thing to see. Peekaboo, the little girl was really laughing. On the third time though, he got a bit bored. Peekaboo, smash her in the face. <laughs> and then what happened is the little girl, she really lost her shit. <laughs> and she started to do that screaming that kids sometimes do of going, <gasps> and then screaming. And then the mum had to come over because they were with their mum. I don't, don't know if I needed to explain that. <laughs> She hadn't been distracted by Peruna. <laughs> and the mum comes over and says, what on earth has happened here? And then the little boy starts to cry in that way that little boys sometimes cry, which is by talking and sobbing at the same time. <laughs> the mum said, what on earth has happened here? And the little boy looked at his mum and went, I smashed her in the face. <laughs> the mum said, well, why? Why did you smash her in the face? And the little boy looked at his mum and went, because I wanted to. <laughs> Which is actually a very good argument for anything. And the mum was getting really annoyed by this, really annoyed at this stage. Going, why, did you, why, did you, why, did you, why did you really do it? And then the little boy looked at his mum and said, perhaps the strangest thing I have ever heard a small child say. He looked at his mum and went, I can't be what you want me to be. Ladies and gentlemen, Tom Allen. Tom. Hi. How are you? Super, thanks. You are looking amazing this evening. Well, Can you describe to the listeners your outfit? No. Um, I am, yeah, I, I, I wasn't sure about it, but I'm wearing uh, a velvet jacket. Is, is uh, it from Marks and Spencers? No, it's not. Uh, it's from <laughs> Top Man, actually. Uh, <laughs> and the shirt is pink, and the scarf is, uh, is sort of checkered and spotted on the other side. Very good. The listeners at home will be going, ah, super. <laughs> Now, look, Amnesty's obviously very connected with freedom of expression, you know, support of freedom of expression all over the world. I mean, how important is that for you as comedians to be able to say what you want, when you want? And, and do you think you really can say anything you like? I, I, think, I think there's a difference between 
um, having a, a victim, specific victim to what you're saying and, and, and having a joke about um, something else. I got dragged into the whole Frankie Bull Paralympics thing in, in people asking me, oh, what do you think? And I think they expected me to be on the side of the Paralympics and I was on the side of Frankie Bull um, just because the Paralympics is there to be um, to, to be after Mickey taken out of it, it's a it's a public event. It's there are a lot of holes in it that, that can be brought that, that you can make jokes about and stuff like that. But it, it's just a thing. It's just a, a it, it and, and comedy levels the playing field. You know what I mean? It's it, it, it's very much a uh, it, if you're going to take the Mickey out of somebody who's running the hundred meters, why not somebody who's rolling the hundred meters? Um, but when you start making the victim-specific targets, like a girl who goes missing in Wales or um, a disabled specific kid like Katie Price's kid, which he did, I think it, 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 there's a completely different... You've got to be careful then, haven't you, really? Yeah, different set of rules. Yeah, I think so. It's a grey area, isn't it? I'll say yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, you, you might have heard us earlier, we, we're asking secret comedy podcast. Have you got a secret? Have you got a secret you can share? Something that's never been broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> I sleep with the light on. So oh, I get scared of the dark. Oh, that's, that's sweet. Yeah, what have other people said? Like, uh, I, what, yeah, what? like, uh, what did we have? Danielle Ward said she'd uh, had it off with Russell Brand. Had it off? You had it off. You don't hear that enough, off. do you? I, I don't know, I, I'm not very good at sort of the, the sexy talk, you know? Uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> sleep with the light on. That's quite sweet, though. That's nice. Do you have to face the door as well? No. Oh, right, okay. Why would I face the door? Well, in case anyone's coming in. What, through the door? Yeah, through the door. Well, I don't want to see them. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Tom Allen and Chris McCausland. Give a big round of applause. Thank you very much. Now, it's a great pleasure to welcome our next guest to the stage. He is a long-time supporter of Amnesty International and a genuine giant of the comedy world. Please welcome Jeremy Hardy. You just used the word giant and the audience saw a man of five foot six walk in front of them. I know, but giant in stature. Bless you. Ah, it's all right. I mean it. I'm just it. old. I'm just old. They're thinking, who is that? Is that Gandalf? <laughs> No, as your looks start to go, you have to wear better clothes, you see. Oh, that's, right. why, that's why Agnes Bay is full of hideous, old, very rich crones. It's true. Like, the more ugly and old you get, the more expensive clothes you have to buy. Yeah, but you're not that old, are you? I'm 51. 51. And have you ever downloaded a podcast in your life? No, I don't know what they are. <laughs> <laughs> and frankly, I don't want to know. Okay. They sound wrong and bad. Okay, okay. Well, where does, where's your technological limit then? I mean, have you got the old Pencil. TiVo? Pencil. Pencil, yeah. No, I have a, I have a laptop. They're good because you can eat your dinner on them in front of the television. <laughs> if you close it up, they're quite a good tray. <laughs> Chop an onion on an iPad. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So when did you um, first get involved with Amnesty International? Well, in the 80s, there were lots of benefits for Amnesty, and it was always difficult because you'd, you'd basically have to follow somebody who'd tell you a heart-rending story about their whole family being disappeared by the secret police somewhere. And then they'd say, and now, please welcome Jeremy Hardy. And you'd be surprised how many, the words, how many times the word torture can crop up innocently in a routine about something else. Like, oh, isn't cabbage torture? And just... <laughs> 
They weren't very well thought out. They thought the audience can't enjoy themselves too much. They need to see some tragic people whose lives have been ruined by oppression. And so there'd be mostly oppression, a little bit of stand-up, bit of guitar, bit of classical guitar, then a poem, more torture, speech, bucket collection. Great night out. <laughs> now, we have been asking people about secrets, okay? okay. Revealing a secret. Now, Go on, then. you are a bit of a movie star, aren't you? <laughs> I mean, you're in a, no, but you've been in a film with Robert Patterson. That's true, I yeah, was in a Pants film. I was. Himself. I really was in a film with, before he was very famous. And I was in a film with Burt Reynolds. Oh, what? Exactly. How was that? Brilliant. Burt Reynolds is cool. He's Mr. Anecdote. He makes Barry Cry seem taciturn. And everything about him is artificial. He's got capped teeth, a wig, lifts in his shoes. He's not only got Cuban-heeled cowboy boots that are about six inches high, but lifts that you used to be able to get in the exchange and mart, which the young people won't remember. You could get for shorter gentlemen. Not that I'd know. You could get these um, <laughs> shoes with lifts inside. So you've got about six inches of heel and then about another four inches of just padding inside. So these huge orthopedic-looking boots on. He's about my height. But yeah, Burt Reynolds is brilliant. Great star. What yeah. a top turn. He hired a jumbo jet to organise a party for his 400 best friends. <laughs> and he said, and I'm not in touch with any of them anymore. Wow. So that's, that's how fickle people are. Wow. So, any secrets about them? Have you got an, about Burt Reynolds? I could tell you secrets about people, but they're probably uh, illegal to divulge. Actionable. Okay, Jeremy, thanks very much what? for coming on the what show. What have I done? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> You've been amazing. Have I? Yeah. Do you want me to go away now? No, no. I want you to All stay right. exactly where you are. Ladies okay. and gentlemen, give it up for Jeremy Hardy. <laughs> Our next guest was described as the champion of musical whims in the Evening Standard, and the skinny said she demonstrated clever comedy at its very best. Please welcome the wonderful Helen Arney. Hello, I'm going to do a, a little song for you. It's actually really nice to be here doing something for Amnesty, who are protecting our futures, they're protecting the futures of us and the future of our children. I, I do worry about my future, I worry about my children's future, I worry about my children's children's future, I worry about my children's children's robot butler's future. <laughs> there are more pressing matters uh, for our immediate future. I, for instance, am concerned about what to get my partner for Christmas. Uh, it's always a difficult thing, someone you've known for a long time, what to think of, what to get them that is new and interesting, and uh, I've got an idea, and uh, I've put it into a love song from the future. It's perfect for the couple who have everything I'm getting us both cryogenically frozen So it's you and me and Walt Disney And we're dancing and singing in the 25th century We're living the future held together by sutures Ice cubes forming in our brains Industrial antifreeze running through our veins Tell me this is romantic so I've looked into this quite carefully And it turns out there's a lot of contradiction Disney on ice isn't literal 
And that episode of Doctor Who was fiction. So it's you and me, but no Walt Disney. Just some baseball players and 70s hippies. Don't shake their hands, because you'll get more than you planned. And please stop flirting with your great, 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 great. How many more, Jeremy? Great, 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 great granddaughter's friends. Just want to please you. Just want to freeze you. But you don't seem too overjoyed, my love. But it's too late to get a refund. And the truth is that I never liked your body much. So I have only paid to get your head done. Don't have a seizure. It's just a freezer. So it's you and me in the 35th century. I'll keep your brain in a mechanical jar on wheels. First cryonic and then bionic. And we will be together though our skin will be like leather. But at least we'll be together again. Darling, don't complain. It's just liquid nitrogen. Some people say I've got more money than sense. Truth is that I have neither. I bought a package from some cut price cowboys in Russia who didn't build a door for your freezer. You were so lovely. Now your brain is slush puppy. So it's just me at minus 200 degrees. I'm waiting for the 40th century. I have no regrets, except not wearing a vest. And maybe I should just have bought you that discount home cremation kit instead. Helen come on, let's give her another round of applause. That was amazing. Wasn't that just amazing? What a lovely voice you've got. Thank you. <laughs> Helen, um, have you got a secret you can share with us? Well, I'm going to try. Uh, this is a secret that is a, a kind of family secret. Um, I, uh, when I was 21, I uh, decided to become a vegetarian because uh, I didn't like to spend time with my parents and it was a way of getting out of <laughs> Christmas dinner, uh, I thought. Uh, unfortunately, my mother decided she was going to cook a vegetarian meal for me on Christmas Day. So everyone else had turkey and I had a little sort of fried courgette thing. Um, uh, and I'm now a little bit older than 21 uh, and every year this happens, my mother cooks a vegetarian meal for me on Christmas Day. Um, I, I stopped being vegetarian uh, at the age of uh, 21 and a half. <laughs> and I have never actually told her that I am no longer vegetarian. Oh. <laughs> um, Do you have to rip the carcass apart in the middle of the night when everyone's asleep? I, I basically wait until uh, the Queen's speech and I go to the fridge and I stick my face in it. <laughs> Okay, brilliant. Listen, um, thanks very much, Helen. Thanks very much for being on the show. Enjoyed it very much. 
Right, listen, that's all we've got time for today, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for coming to the show and thanks so much for listening to it as well. Um, don't forget to download this if you're in the room and download the other ones if you're already listening and uh, you can do that and help us support freedom of expression. And if you're not already a member of Amnesty International, please do feel free to join Amnesty on your way out. And if you want to join Amnesty and you're listening to this, then uh, have a look at the website. And if you don't, you're a bad bastard who likes dictators. <laughs> Yes. You might as well go and torture somebody if you're not going to join Amnesty. That shows what a scumbag you are. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You can change the world. And you can make a difference, people. Thanks very much for coming. That was our show. Amnesty International works to reverse injustices to all humans around the globe. It's a great reminder that we are all one. We're just lumps of molecules, nothing more, nothing less. Wherever you live, whatever your culture, whatever you believe, we all came out of penis holes. So let's love each other. That was Sarah Silverman on stage in New York for the Secret Policeman's Ball in 2012. If you would like to hear more of that kind of thing and you'd like to help Amnesty International, then why don't you buy a copy on DVD? It features Eddie Azard, Coldplay, Hannibal Burris, Catherine Tate, Jack Whitehall, Ben Stiller, John Stewart, and loads and loads of others. You could also buy The Secret Policeman's Ball book, A Poke in the Eye with a Sharp Stick. It's packed full of comedy gems from Amnesty's famous Secret Policeman's shows, invented by John Cleese and friends, and featuring some of the funniest voices of the last 30 or so years. It's really very, very funny. Trust me, I've read it. Both are available via Amnesty's online shop, amnestyshop.org.uk. 